0: If you dare.
5: Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian.
0: This is My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on send the Sports Betting Network.
1: No, I am not Stormy Bonantoni, but you are in the right place. Once again, Femi and Bebby here on a Femi Friday on My Guys in the Desert, coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino here in downtown Las Vegas, and we have a fantastic show on deck for you guys. Adam Burke, VEASAN sports betting analyst, joining us in studio. Excited about that. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Also, Chris Andrews joining us for his weekly visit from the South Point Hotel Casino. Stormy's out, but she's not all the way out. She'll be joining us in five minutes as we will chat all things on her betting card this weekend, plus the game that she is covering in college football. But first, let's get to the top five stories you need to know as a better and here we go number one the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 28 to 22 last night Eagles somehow cover the game game also goes under the total of 53 after touchdown 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 to start 21 points on the board as we got that game underway there a horrible beat there and just the way that this game all played out I was holding a Bucks minus six and a half ticket and I was covering for two hours unfortunately the eagles they went for two which was the smart thing i didn't think they would do that because they kicked the field goal down 14 in the fourth quarter so it didn't cross my mind that they would actually do the smart thing and go for two after scoring a td down 14 but they do it and the bucks end up running the clock out as they got the victory they improved to five and one straight up two and four ats as the eagles fall to two and four straight up three and three ats also of note tom brady and 11 ATS in his last 11 primetime games the number two storyline that you need to know Zach Ertz no longer a Philadelphia Eagle he has been traded to the Arizona Cardinals for a cornerback named Tay Gowan and a 2022 fifth round pick this of course is after the Cardinals lost tight end Max Williams who left for the rest of the season after being injured last week against the Arizona Cardinals our number three storyline the NFL injury roundup. And the biggest one's, of course, the quarterback. So we'll start with the London game. Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungovailoa expected to play Sunday against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tua, of course, injured his ribs during their week two loss to the Buffalo Bills. He's been out ever since, making his return to the lineup. Also, giants quarterback daniel jones who suffered a concussion last week against the dallas cowboys he is expected to play was a full participant in practice today so he is a go against the los angeles rams at home the giants a eight point favorite at last check the dolphins though getting a couple other key guys who will be out on sunday cornerback Xavier howard suffering a shoulder and groin injury as is wide receiver Devonte parker who's dealing with a shoulder and hamstring both those guys will be out against jacksonville the cleveland browns have a banged up backfield their star running back nick chubb he is out for sunday's game against the arizona cardinals so a heavy dose of kareem hunt in that backfield for the cleveland browns in that game that's one of the better games in the afternoon in this one but carolina panthers running back Christian McCaffrey he has also been ruled out this is the third straight missed game for run CMC out there in Carolina the number four storyline the NLCS folks is set how about the game last night Giants Dodgers goes down to the wire controversial not really controversial we could, we could all see that it, it was a check swing but the Dodgers advance nonetheless they are now taking on the Atlanta Braves that one gets underway tomorrow Saturday Dodgers a minus 195 favorite on the series price plus 165 are the atlanta braves max scherzer is expected to get the start in game one atlanta's lefty max freed will be the starter for them as well but also a key injury though So another key injury key illness is braves outfielder jorge soler tested positive for covid19 so he's expected to miss the nlcs the number five storyline is the alcs going down tonight game number one between the red sox And Houston Astros first pitch 5:07. It's Chris Sale versus Framber Valdez. Astros minus 145 on the consensus line for the series, and also minus 145 for game number one. Red Sox plus 125 for both. Houston, of course, will be without their ace Lance McCullers, who's dealing with forearm tightness, is what they're calling it. Jake Odorizzi will be replacing him on the roster. So that is our top five stories, which then brings us to our top guest on the show here on my guys in the desert the person who's usually sitting in this seat stormy Bonatoni, coming to us from salt lake city where she will be doing saturday nights arizona state and utah pac 12 south clash stormy thank you for joining us here once again on my guys in the desert it's a femi friday i missed you last week but now i got you here on this femi friday this week how are we doing out there in salt lake city
5: I'm great. Yeah. Dave held it down great last week, but I missed you. I love these Femi Fridays and you know, it's funny tomorrow um, is we, we, do the PAC 12 after dark game. So it's the 7 PM Pacific time. It just hit me that that means it's eight o'clock local time. So I'll be sitting around <laughs> in my for even longer
1: tomorrow. I was going to say, sorry for that. That's going to be a late one out there for you. at Salt Lake city. We'll get to that matchup in just a second here, but let's talk about what happened last night. Giants, Dodgers, out there in San Francisco. And unfortunately we've been talking about these airport sweats, at least for you, at least the last time we chatted with the uh, Jaguars Bengals. Unfortunately, you were sweating out this game as well. You had a futures ticket on the giants at 10 to one. First of all, my condolences sent out to you. And what did you think of that check swing last night there in the bottom of the ninth?
5: Thank you. I need the condolences. I need all of the mental and emotional support I can have right now. I was very frustrated. Um, I can't wait. I'm going to meet up with our play-by-play guy, uh, Dave Fleming, here in just a little bit who also does play-by-play for the San Francisco Giants to hear his reaction to it. But boy, I was so frustrated. You just don't want to see a series, especially of this magnitude, between two teams that have had the seasons that they did. To see it end that way was just pretty frustrating for me and it was another airport sweat this is actually an airplane (laughs) sweat this time i was watching thursday night football on the screen on the tv like on my seat and then i had my phone up with the baseball play-by-play because they didn't have tbs on the freaking plane tv um so i paid for wi-fi just to watch the play-by-play and then when i landed i pulled it up on my phone um to watch the the end of it when i got here and yeah, just frustrating, disappointing, but now Brent Musburger will have something to gloat about when I have him on next week because he has a Dodgers Futures ticket.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Smart man. They're a pretty good baseball team for what I've seen over the last five years or so. But you are down there in Salt Lake City. This game between Arizona State and Utah, big implications in the Pac-12 South. What will you be keeping an eye on tomorrow night?
5: Yeah, this one has kind of the feel of an instant classic to me. I'm excited. As you said, playing for supremacy in the Pac-12 South, both teams undefeated in conference play to this point. Um, And I talked to Kyle Whittingham a little bit earlier today and just asked him for a couple keys to the game for them to have success. And he said, run the ball and limit the run. Like if they don't do those two things, everything else is going to be really hard for them against an ASU team that has been very solid defensively, allowing just 16 points per game, especially good against the run. I think that they held Stanford to, 13 yards on the ground last friday which is just ridiculous and then offensively like asu's bread and butter themselves is the run game you've got solid backs uh rashad white and and jaden daniels also has you know, that dual threat capability while also being 70% completion percentage. Um, So they're going to have their hands full, but it's going to be a very evenly matched game. And this is a Utah team that's playing with a lot of emotion. Um, You know, they, they just had such a great breakout offensive game against USC. And when I talked to a couple of their players about, you know, how that game played out for them and, looking toward this game um against asu they were all talking about aaron Lowe, um, who of course unfortunately passed away a couple weeks ago they went to his memorial the whole team flew down to, to dallas for his memorial earlier this week and just talked about playing for something bigger now you know they're playing for him his number was 22 and they've been talking about just getting 22 percent better each week and so um, there will be a lot of emotions it'll be a hard fought game but one i'm just i'm really really psyched for it. it'll be fun oh sorry i have one more thing that i am looking out for as well sorry <laughs> no, i'm just it down <laughs> um offensive coordinator for the sun devil zach hill threw his back out a couple of weeks ago Ouch. and because of that he hasn't been able to he wasn't at least that first game back able to stand on the sideline so he moved up to the box and that's actually been real positive for the asu offense like jaden daniels has been freed up a little bit to become more of that on-field leader and it's allowed zach hill upstairs to have that you know more hundred foot view of everything that's going on and they've had a lot of success with it so i'll be really interested to see how their offense clicks against utah
1: stormy i wanted to get your thoughts on a couple nfl games real quick we'll run them down here got a couple minutes The football hipster game of the week is what I'm kind of calling it the Cleveland Browns and the Arizona Cardinals sharp betters on both sides. Which side are you on?
5: I am on the Browns in this one. Kyler Murray a little dinged up, dealing with the shoulder, uh, limited at practice. They've had COVID issues. And then the weather looks really unpleasant in Cleveland. Rainy, cold, windy, doesn't favor the team from the desert. And the Browns are pretty ticked off right now, I imagine, after controlling offensively as much as they did last week. Even without Nick Chubb, your backup's Kareem Hunt, who gets like 45% of the offensive snap anyway. So I like the Browns in this one.
1: Also, the game of the morning has to be Chargers-Ravens. Where's your money going in this game?
5: Okay, so this one's a little bit annoying to me because I know it's teetering at two and a half. I really like the Chargers at three. Um, I think it's you know in case it they do come up a field goal short perhaps, but I like the Chargers in this one. Ravens have been one of these weird teams that they could be five and zero. but they could also be two and three. Um, so they're coming off an emotional Monday game. Chargers are more complete. They won both of their games on the road this year outright at Washington and at KC, and they're getting points. I like them. I'd also use them in a teaser, like if you can tease it up to eight and oh, a half yeah. or nine. And um, and maybe also I'm I'm kind of I haven't bet it yet, but I'm playing with this Justin Herbert over two and a half. Pass touchdowns I don't know what you think about that but plus 170 I really like it
1: all right we gotta go stormy I'm in lockstep with you with that Chargers teaser there but thank you once again for joining us and good luck tomorrow night in Salt Lake City but coming up next Chris Andrews on the other side. But first, get in on the Bellator 268 action for free with the Bellator MMA Prediction Challenge. Answer questions about how it will all go down October 16th. For your shot at up to $5,000, head to DraftKings.com Showtime. Now to make your predictions before the fight begins. Who will be one step closer? Find out tomorrow night live on Showtime. Terms and conditions apply and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
2: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio
6: app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonna and Tony on V Sin, the Sports betting Network.
1: Welcome back. This segment of My Guys in the Desert is presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn is working to create a world where you can enjoy life on your own terms. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a smoke-free, spit-free, and hassle-free tobacco alternative that can be enjoyed on the go anywhere and anytime, so you never miss a minute of the game or the tailgate party. Available in 10 varieties, including spearmint, coffee, and citrus. Zinn can be found at convenience stores nationwide, so you can find your Zen wherever you are. Zinn's nicotine pouches are clean and discreet with no lingering smell. Plus, it's easy to use indoors or out, making it the perfect complement to your everyday. Also, Zinn comes in two strengths, so you have control over your nicotine satisfaction. Zinn contains nicotine and is only for adult nicotine consumers 21+. Learn more and find your local retailer at zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to my guys in the desert. It is a Femi Friday here from the Circle Resort and Casino on The Sports Betting Network. And of course, let's get a little cringy. Sometimes on Fridays, we gotta give our cringe plays. So this is my cringe-worthy play that just makes it feel kind of yucky inside right after you make the bet. And my cringe-worthy play, folks, is the Chicago Bears plus six at home against the Green Bay Packers. Look at, I get it. The Chicago Bears offense has been atrocious during this NFL season. Justin Fields is in there, but. They just continue to kind of just trudge along. No real passing game to think of. Now, the running game is decent, but I think this week, Matt Nagy and offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, will unleash Justin Fields against a Green Bay Packers defense. That's really nothing to write home about. The Bears defense themselves, excellent at getting pressure. And this offensive line for the Packers is a little banged up. Bakhtiari still on the pup list. Elton Jenkins has been limited throughout the week at practice, but He's going to be questionable after missing the last two games. If he can't go, I really, really like this Bears team. And plus, the line of six, I mean, five and a half is some lines are consensus, but I'm even seeing six points. I just can't compute this line. Last week, the Packers were two-point favorites against the Bengals. And now you're telling me on the road again, there's six. So you're telling me there's a four-point difference between the Bengals and the Bears. Not in my world. I'm sorry, especially after what we saw in week two with the Bears outclassing the Cincinnati Bengals. So cringeworthy play of the week. Bears plus six at home against the Green Bay Packers. All right, let's bring in our next guest. And he is my guy right now. That's It's my guys in the desert, but this is my guy in the desert. Chris Andrews, the South Point Hotel and Casino's sports book director. Chris, it's a weekly occurrence with us chatting. So, once again, thank you for joining us. Let's chat a little college football. And my first question to you is Have the Sharps learned their lesson and and stop fading,
6: Georgia? <laughs> uh, not yet, Benny. Uh oh. This week. They took twenty four and twenty three and a half. Oh, I know. You look at that total. What do we have? Forty four and a half. I mean, it's kind of enticing. You know, you're taking twenty plus points on a team that's ranked. Uh, but boy, that Georgia. That, that that I heard somebody else describe it. to am going steal their words, but they said Georgia's like a brick wall on defense. I don't know. How you're gonna get through there. But uh, you know, no. They to answer your question, Femi. Mean, no, they have not learned their lesson. They're still betting against Georgia
1: that's just insane to me. I mean, we saw it with the South Carolina or not, sorry, the Arkansas game two weeks ago. I said, Hey, I'm scared the markets moving against me. And yeah. the 17 and a half was never in doubt. Georgia just shut them out there and they're able to win that game. But Hey, maybe they need to touch the stove another time to feel if it's hot. But uh, the next game, Alabama and Mississippi state, what do you guys seeing behind the window in this game between the crimson tide and the bulldogs?
6: Well, this is like our biggest action game of the week. Uh, you know, we we've, we've been all over the place. Uh, up to seventeen and a half, down to sixteen and a half. We're at seventeen right now. And uh, there you know, family, there's just a lot of opinions on this game. A lot of guys think Bama just I don't know if they think they'll throw in the towel. I don't think they think that but they maybe maybe that defense is overrated. I, I'll tell you the truth, I thought it would be much better than what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Uh in this state, you know, um coach Leach, he's kind of a wild card sometimes, you know, and he's pulled some upsets over the, the years and I think a lot of people think he may, he may be able to do it this week. But, uh, but you know, I love these kind of games. that just get a lot of opinions both ways, and uh, guys aren't afraid to show their money. There's, we're at 17, but I've been all over between 16 and a half, 17 and a half. So trading in a tight range, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of movement.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing 17 with a total at 58 there at the South Point Hotel and Casino. We're speaking with Chris Andrews, the sports book director, out there at the South Point. Alabama right now plus 350 to win the national title. It can be, it's a little enticing, especially with knowing that they have yeah. a good chance of running the table. And if they can beat Georgia, they'll be in the playoff. No doubt.
6: Yeah. that Yeah. You know, and right now that looks like a pretty big, if. but we're still a couple months away. Um, you know, right now we do really well on Alabama to win the national championship. That's why I kind of, I think it's a pretty good price. Really. Uh, you know, if, if you're so inclined, I mean, you're betting they could win, beat Georgia because I think they'll be in the playoff game against Georgia in mm. the, uh, SEC championship and uh, listen if they can get their selves straight I mean they they, I guess they would be a dog to Georgia, but they're not gonna be a dog to any other team in the country No matter what
1: yeah, no total agreement from me Uh, BYU Baylor that's an interesting game and an interesting line here Bears favored over the ranked BYU Cougars Is this a situation that we have a trendy dog because the people see that little number next to BYU and they see them getting points?
6: You know, I'm not sure who the – yeah, I guess you could say they're trendy dog, but it's another game. We've just gotten a ton of business on this game. We've been uh, – well, we're at five right now, and that's been our little watermark, but we've been up to six, up to five and a half. Uh, we start five and a half on the way up and the way down. So, you know, there's a lot of business on this game. It's only a little, always a little bit of a, a local flavor. We've got a lot of BYU grads in this town, a lot of BYU people. Um, and uh, they, they pack their team with money. They're pretty passionate fans. So a ton of business on this game. This is one of our biggest ticket items uh, of the week. A lot of play on this one. I think the number's about right at five. But, uh, you know, BYU, they kind of got their comeuppance uh, a little while ago, but, and Baylor is coming on a little bit. Uh, I don't really like anybody in the game, but I do like the fact that people are expressing their opinion with their wallet. That's, that's what I like.
1: Wow, a lot of a lot of action on this game. That's kind of surprising Is there any respected money on this game on either side?
6: I'd say respected both ways. I mean, I mean, okay. it's, it's guys who want Baylor, uh, they're laying the 5. Guys who like BYU are taking the 6. Um, you know, I know a lot of guys always look for who's the sharp son? Well, it depends on the number. And yeah. right now it looks like that, you know, one guy likes -5 and the other guy likes +6. So uh, let them battle it out, and we'll be right there, and uh, you know, hopefully get uh, you know, relatively even money, and uh, we'll, we'll decide who to root for uh, when they kick off.
1: That's Chris Andrews joining us here the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook director and Chris we've got a handful of games tonight in college football a couple with ranked teams here starting with the number nine Oregon Ducks a near two touchdown favorite at home against the Cal Bears. What's the handle like in general on these Friday games and are you seeing an increase now that we're getting more marquee teams in this standalone spot.
6: Oh, I love the fact that they are getting marquee teams on these Friday night games. And anytime time we have a good West Coast game, that always brings out a lot of action. And it's great to have something, uh, you know, here in the casino till, uh, what, 10:30, 11 o'clock tonight. Uh, we open Oregon 13 and a half. We were at 14 briefly. And when I did go to 14, a couple of wise guys jumped in and did take it right away. So we're back to 13 and a half. The ticket count's probably about five to one in favor of Oregon. All the little stuff is definitely on Oregon. Uh, And I know, I I mean, listen, I respect the guys that took the 14 on Cal. uh, No doubt about it. But uh, I'd be awful careful betting against this Oregon team. I I know they've had a clinker or two along the way. But let's not forget, they've also beaten Ohio State. It is a really, really good team. And I don't think they're out of the national picture yet either. Um, I'd be awful careful taking the points here. I think Oregon can run it up. And, you know, we'll see if Cal can hang in there. Well, I'll probably be rooting for Cal come kickoff.
1: Yeah, Oregon's coming off of a bye, but before the bye, they lost outright as the favorite at Stanford. That was their first blemish of the year. Also keep in mind, star pass for Kayvon though I believe he is out for the first half of this game because he was called for targeting in the second half of that game against Stanford. So he will return after halftime. So that's always something. The Sharps, maybe the goblin up that 14 there, maybe a first half bet on Cal. I don't know about full game, but we'll have to see how that one unfolds as kickoff um, seven 30 between the ducks and the golden bears. Another game I wanted to ask you about San Diego state, 10 point favorites against San Jose state from reading the market. It looks like the Aztecs are the popular
6: side. What, what say you? Well, we opened this game eight. So they laid me the eight. I went straight to nine. They laid me the nine, went to nine and a half. They laid that. So I'm up to 10. Uh, we're starting to get a little bit of money back on San Jose at the ten. But you're right san jose right now is very popular uh with the players you know they listen they've had a pretty good year as a pretty decent team san jose has fallen off quite a bit from what they were last year um i'm even seeing some ten and a half show up on my board i'm not ready to go there yet although i do have a pretty decent play on san diego state but when if they lay me to ten i'll go ahead and go to ten and a half they haven't laid it enough yet for me to move it like i said i am starting to get some san jose money at the plus ten so I'm not in terrible shape with this game, but uh, you know, we talk about ticket count every once in a while. It's five to one in favor of San Diego state. So the public Oof. most certainly on San Diego state in this one,
1: five to one on San Diego state. I had to write that in my notes there. Cause you know, I'm going to get these plays in later okay. tonight. Uh, Chris, thank you once again for joining us here on my guys in the desert. We'll chat on Sunday on the pregame show. Take care until then.
0: Of the desert with Stormy Bon Tony on V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. The Chicago, Detroit, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh City Casts are up and running. And check out the LA City Cast with Danielle Alvari. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back inside my guys in the desert. Look, I know that NFL underdogs have been all the rage so far in this season. In fact, they're 46 and 35 ATS, but I think there's going to be a week where the favorites come back and cover and it might be this week. So listen up, get the pen and paper out because here are Femi's favorite favorites and we'll count it down from number five, all the way down to number one, number five, the dallas cowboys they are right now a three and a half point favorite consensus you can find some shops where they are a three point favorite but i like this cowboys team because they have the offense and when you have when you want to back a favorite you want to back a favorite that can put points on the board and this dallas team can do that they're cooking on all cylinders and they haven't even put a full game together yet but they're still scoring 35 points 37 uh, points per game the patriots also they have issues on their offensive line now that trent brown he's going to be out I believe they do get one of their guards back, but there's still some COVID and injury issues for this New England Patriots team. So I like this Dallas team laying a field goal. If you can find the three, if three and a half you have to swallow that hook, but the three definitely is a play on Dallas for me. Number four, the Cleveland Browns Cardinals are injured and it's just insane. Rodney Hudson, chandler jones both of those guys will be out chandler jones is with covid rodney hudson their center who's a big deal on that offensive line he is out and the browns running game can have a lot of success against the cardinals defensive front that not really known for running the football there we saw the 49ers have some success in it last game i think the browns are able to get some yards on the ground and jarvis landry cross your fingers if he's able to come back off of the injured reserve that's just another weapon for baker mayfield to play with on the outside number three the kansas city chiefs this game feels eerily similar to the Chiefs-Eagles week. They're playing another NFC East team, laying near a touchdown. It's it, it, There's a lot of similarities, and Washington football team banged up. No Brandon Sheriff, no Sam Cosby, no Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. He just popped up on the injury report. He's a game-time decision for Sunday. And the Chiefs, despite all the woes, they still have one of the best offenses, if not the best, according to EPA and DVOA in the NFL. And plus, they played a tough schedule. I think this will be a nice... Uh, landing spot for them out there in the nation's capital against the Washington football team number two Minnesota Vikings Panthers super banged up of course no Christian McCaffrey no Shaq Thompson Carolina, in my opinion not as good as the record suggests the first three weeks they beat some bad teams since then they played teams that are actually pretty solid and they've come back down to earth uh, and the Minnesota also that's another team that's better than their record suggests the first two weeks you could dial those up to being fluky losses with the loss to Cincinnati Bengals and as with the Arizona Cardinals missing a chip shot field goal down there in the desert. And my number one favorite that I believe we'll cover is the Miami Dolphins over in London because on no planet should a team not named the Houston Texans be laying a field goal against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are that bad. Urban Meyer is a flat out disaster on American soil. Just wait to see what he does overseas. The fact that the Jaguars have familiarity with going to London, I think that's out the window with Urban Meyer and his shenanigans. So I like this Miami Dolphins team and Tua tungo Loa back in the fold. I know a lot of people are down on Tua. I'm not. I'm a believer. So I think the Miami Dolphins are your number one favorite this week to cover in the National Football League, which then brings us to our next guest. And he's coming to us in studio. Adam Burke, v Sports Betting Analyst. Twitter. You can find him at skating tripods. Yes, sir. That's a heck of a Twitter name. I might add. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. What do you think of my list there? You, we were talking before the break. You, you peeked at it. There's a few that you like.
3: Yeah, I'm going to kind of echo a lot of what you said here, Femi. And you know, look, I mean, you talk about Kansas City specifically here, and, and I think you brought up a lot of good points. And also, I've said the same thing this week, that this feels a lot like the Eagles game. Mm. I mean, look, you think about Kansas City's three losses, Chargers, Ravens, Bills. We could be talking about three division winners in those three teams probably are talking about. Yeah three division winners in those three teams. And then the Browns, they had that four-point win against the Browns. The Browns look like a playoff team here as well. So when I look at this game, along with the points that you brought up, you've got a Washington team here that's 31st in third-down success rate on offense and 31st in third-down defense. So if this is a high-scoring game, this is kind of a volume-based handicap, as I like to call it. I think there's a lot of possessions and a lot of drives in this game, but Washington can't stay on the field and can't get off the field this is not the kind of matchup where you want that against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I think the Chiefs just go ahead and outscore Washington, much like, as you alluded to, that Eagles game we saw earlier on in the season. Yeah. Doesn't
1: it doesn't just feel like the perception, at least for the Kansas City Chiefs, is that they've hit rock bottom. Right. And like the AFC supremacy went over to Buffalo now that they went into Arrowhead and got that victory. It, it, once again, I've been saying it a couple times. It just feels like the cheap, it's the cheap price right. for a Kansas City team that can put up a lot of points.
3: And if Kansas City wins any of those three games, Chargers, Ravens, or Bills, we are not getting this line under a touchdown. No. That's no. the only reason why we are, because everyone's thought, what's wrong with the Chiefs? What's wrong with the Chiefs? And yeah, their defense isn't great, but their offense is still elite, as you said. And I think in a matchup like this against Washington, I think that really comes to the
1: forefront. You're from Cleveland. I am. And I've joked with Stormy that the hipster game of the week in the NFL is Browns, Cardinals. Uh, Sharps are on both sides. What do you like in this game here between these two teams?
3: Yeah, I like the Browns in this spot. And and obviously I wish that we didn't get the Nick Chubb news that we got here today, but we did get some really positive reports about the Browns secondary in the middle of the week. Denzel Ward back to practice, Greg Newsome the second, also Greedy Williams. So three guys, it looks like you're going to be available for them here as they try to go up against Kyler Murray and defend him. And obviously, yeah, when you talk about a team, that's 31st in rushing defense like the Cardinals, you wish Nick Chubb was playing. But as you talked about, a guy like Kareem Hunt is a very physical runner, a guy that's still a very productive runner, and also a guy that if he's out there every down now, which is different because he used to split the, the snaps with Nick Chubb, now you've got this element where he could run or he could be a receiver out of the backfield on any given play. So I think that that adds to a, a little bit of difficulty for the Cardinals in terms of game planning, trying to figure out you know when Hunt will run, when Hunt will be used as a receiver, And if Landry comes back, I think that's a really underrated piece of this Cleveland offense that nobody's really talked about. Landry's the possession guy. Landry is that reliable guy for Baker Mayfield on third down, and we've seen Mayfield look uncomfortable in some games without Landry. If Jarvis is able to come back here, and we'll find that out Saturday afternoon, then I think that's something that really tremendously helps this Browns offense in this game.
1: Yeah, Mayfield's trying to get on the same page with Odell Beckham Jr., but him and Landry, since last year and the years before, they've just been kind of they're two peas in a pod, almost right. connecting out there, especially on those third downs right now. Cleveland is a three point favorite total of 49 and a half is the consensus line. So the under is also a look that a lot of people have liked in that game, expecting some wind mm-hmm. out there in Cleveland, which I'm sure you're familiar with oh, yeah. a lot there with the, the conditions out in Cleveland. I'm um, getting familiar with the wind out here too, by <laughs> yeah, the way. Yeah. How about this week? Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little, a little dusty <laughs> a little good. out there Bengals lions. Now I know you only have a lean on this game, but what's your theory on, Cincinnati, so far this season, they've been getting so much credit in the betting market, and what you, what's the reason for that, in your opinion? Well, you
3: know, I mean, I think that everybody wants to root for Joe Burrow. Everyone wants to see Joe Burrow have success. I mean, obviously, you know, the phenomenal performance in the college football playoff with LSU, and then, you know, the knee injury last year, and, and he was getting hit a ton, you know, long before that knee injury. But in this game here, I'm starting to get more to the point where I'm going to bet on the Lions, as opposed to this just being a lean. Look, Detroit is 0-5 as we all know they've lost on a 66 yard field goal a 54 yard field goal and in the game against chicago in week four they were inside the tent five times in that game and they only scored on one of those trips so they had chances and that's the thing i mean look bad teams do this they find ways to lose as we know And, and maybe the lions are just that bad and find a way to lose here In a game where we've got a really low scoring uh, expectation, you're getting that three and a half. This is one of those scenarios where I think that half point, that hook is very, very important here for Detroit. They're getting a little bit healthier on the defensive side. And also, too, for Cincinnati, I mean, look, it's been a good showing here so far. Having success, you know, one off, two off weeks, something like that is one thing. Sustaining success, specifically with expectations, is another. And to me, this feels like a spot that's kind of ripe for Cincinnati To have a little bit of a setback here against the Detroit team that, as I said, really shouldn't be 0 and
1: five. I mean, at worst they should be one and four. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it during my Bears-Packers whole spiel. There's 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 not a huge difference between the Bears and the Bengals, and one team seems to be getting credit, the other team seems to not be getting credit here. Another game that you are eyeing is the Dallas Cowboys taking on the New England Patriots. I said the Cowboys are a decent look as a favorite who could cover in week 6 right now the line the consensus is 3-125 total at 50 and a half where do you stand in this game
3: yeah, I like the Cowboys in this one and, and I understand the love for the Patriots. I mean, you've got a pretty good defensive team at home getting over a field goal. Everyone so says on the line so is
1: smelly. It's like, oh, the line is smelly. It's right. smelly. I didn't know lines could have senses.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look and, and also too, I mean, maybe New England is good defensively, but in their five games this season, they've faced offenses that are 31st, 30th, 24th, 8th and 29th in yards per play. The Cowboys are third. I mean, this is a massive step up in class for this New England defense. And furthermore, The Cowboys are the most explosive offense in the NFL by explosive play rate. New England is 26th, and I know that Dallas' defense isn't great, but I don't know how New England keeps up in this game. Dallas is going to get their points. We know that Belichick wants to take something away. What do you take away from Dallas? Is it the running game? Do you try to take away Zeke? Okay, they'll throw it around. Do you try to take away Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb? Somebody else is going to make plays. So I think it's just a really bad matchup for the Patriots here this week where I don't think Mac Jones can put up enough points with the skill position guys that he has for the Patriots to compete in this one. So I do like the Cowboys minus three and a half. And if you read this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly, um, my survivor pick may surprise some people. Uh
1: Uh-oh, that's a tease. Make sure to check that out there for our subscribers there. Yeah, I am in total agreement with you with this Dallas team. Earlier in the week, I was like, okay, I can understand New England, but as we get closer to kickoff, I I don't get it." it. To me, it'd be Cowboys or pass, and if we get three minus 110, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you. I'll be taking Dallas minus three out there in Foxborough. That is a 425 kickoff East Coast, 125 on the West Coast. But don't go away. We're talking MLB and more NFL on the other side here with Adam Burke in studio. It's my guys in the desert.
3: Yeah, I, yeah, because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard, he don't care about guarding. He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard like you see him in the Olympics, he's gonna guard and then on I'll top of it.
1: Like that, see that?
2: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella. to point game. I remember you came to my room crying
1: tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock and then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember
4: what so. I told you? I said I said, Oh, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it.
2: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J.
6: Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Tony on v
0: the sports betting network.
1: Download the free OddsTrader.com app to compare betting odds from licensed sports books, access injury reports, in-game action, and much more. Go to OddsTrader.com. And get in on the Bellator 268 action for free with Bellator MMA Prediction Challenge. Answer questions about how you think it'll all go down on October 16th. For your shot at up to $5,000, head to DraftKings.com slash Showtime now to make your predictions before the fight begins. Who will be one step closer to claiming the light heavyweight throne? Well, don't miss the light heavyweight world grand prix semifinals on Saturday, October sixteenth, live on Showtime. Terms and conditions apply, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back inside to my guys in the desert from the Circa Resort and Casino out here in downtown Las Vegas. Femi Abbafei, Adam Burke in studio here for a couple segments as we conclude at the top of the hour, but. We wanted to play a game, Adam, of true or false with some QB props. So I know you've got your prop sheet. We also have the graphics up ready to roll. So the first one, I want a true or false, and you can give an explanation if you so choose. True or false, Derek Carr will go off for his new head coach, Rich Basaccia, and go over 267.5 passing yards against the Denver Broncos, minus 115 each way.
3: This Broncos defense and they've been very, very solid. They've allowed the second fewest yards after the catch. And that's a big part of the Raiders' offense is getting those yards after the catch, letting those wide receivers run with speed. Denver really hasn't allowed that. Also, Denver's only allowed 17 receptions to the tight end. And Darren Waller really hasn't done much the last couple of weeks for
1: the Raiders. So I'll go under on that one or false as the case is here for this. The next one, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. They're hosting the LA Chargers with what should be a fantastic game in week number six true or false Lamar Jackson will be too tired to go over his passing and rushing yards total of three hundred and seven and a half yards I'm gonna say false on this
3: one you, I think you have to go over especially because look I mean we saw Kevin Stefanski do this for the Browns last week he played that game very aggressively because he knew that it was going to be a shootout I think Harbaugh realizes the same thing here so he's gonna let Lamar do his thing and look also too, the Baltimore running back injuries have really forced Lamar to be a better passer He's throwing for over 300 a game along with rushing for almost 70 a game. Spotlight game for him against one of the top teams in the NFL. I think Lamar has a big game. I think the only thing that hurts you here is if he gets hurt.
1: Yeah, he was so fantastic in that game on Monday night. It's almost interesting that teams now going up against this Chargers team, they know they have to go think of things right an unorthodox kind of way because the Chargers are looking at four downs, not three, in terms of getting first downs. Moving along here, true or false, Geno Smith will impress in his first start since 2017 and go over one-and-a-half passing touchdowns against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: I'm going to keep this one short. I want to get your take as a Seattle guy on this one. <laughs> I'm going to say true. I don't know if he's going to be impressive per se, but I think that you know he's got enough preparation time with the game being on Thursday last week, a little bit of extra prep time to get ready for the Steelers. They still have talented, fast wideouts there. Pittsburgh's defense isn't as good, so I'm going to say true. I think Gino goes over one-and-a-half here.
1: I'm going to say false. I think okay. it's one touchdown pass. I think this is an ugly game. I can see it sixteen fourteen, something like that, either way. Yeah, the under? I, I would take the I don't haven't bet it yet, but I've been looking at betting the under. I know it's come crashing down six points since the news about Russell Wilson, but it's one that I I, I might have it. Totals haven't been kind to me over the years, so I try to tread cautiously, but it's I, this is gonna be an ugly game and if, if I had to bet it I would bet the Seahawks as a side okay. uh, true or false Sam Darnold will score his sixth rushing touchdown of the season and take the lead for all quarterbacks this season that's plus 210 it is plus 210 it's a big number uh, I'm, I'm still gonna go with
3: false here I think you know I mean look it's it's obviously a really interesting game for Carolina because they have all the injuries that they have but Minnesota very good in third down defense once again and also too only 11 opponents trips into the red zone in five games against the Vikings so I just don't know how many chances darnold will get
1: here in the red zone in this game so i'm gonna say false on that one let's go over to london true or false trevor lawrence will have just his second game all season without throwing an interception that's plus 135 i'm gonna say false on this one but i will
3: also say that the dolphins only have two interceptions on the year so they have really not forced a whole lot of turnovers i'm just very worried about the decision making from trevor lawrence here so far this season so gonna save false but I guess I also wouldn't be surprised if he actually has a clean sheet this week
1: yeah Xavier Howard clean sheet I like that overseas Uh, Xavier Howard also out at cornerback for the Miami Dolphins so he won't be going up against the full complement of Dolphins secondary members there in London but I wanted to get one more take from you on an NFL game here before we get to Major League Baseball playoffs again once again Dodgers or rather uh, raids Red Sox and Astros Razor out Red Sox Astros game one coming up tonight here, but Bills Titans the Monday night football game right now Buffalo five and a half point favorite six even at some spots I believe at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Is this a sell highs spot for Buffalo? We saw them on national TV. Is this the time to kind of sell our stock on the bills? Yeah, I think so. I think at
3: least just for this week. And you know, I know you talked earlier in the show about your cringeworthy pick of the week being being the Chicago Bears. Uh, The Lions are a pretty good case for me. But then also, I think Tennessee here is is a pick that a lot of people won't want to make, but I think they're the right side in this spot. Buffalo's got the bye week coming up. They play three tomato cans after the bye, so they'll be able to add three wins there. They're coming off of that Chiefs win. I just sort of wonder if we get the full Buffalo Bills here in this spot. And also, too, over their four-game winning streak here, Femi, they're plus 11 in turnover margin. So that's got to come back to earth a little bit here, I think. And look, like the Titans, I mean, I would just give it to Derrick Henry 40 times and, and kind of see what happens there. So I think the Titans at plus six,
1: assuming you can get a six, would be the right side in that one. Yeah, Julio Jones is back. A.J. Brown's back. Bud Dupree is back for the Tennessee Titans as well. So expect a pretty good performance from the Titans in primetime. They don't want to get embarrassed of like what happened to the Chiefs last Sunday. But we've got about four minutes left. Let's talk a little about Major League Baseball tonight. Red Sox and Astros and of course tomorrow Dodgers Braves gets underway in the NLCS but in this Red Sox Astros series right now the Astros minus 145 on the series price tonight's game Chris Sale versus Valdez that's one minus 150 in favor of the Astros and plus 130 for the Boston Red Sox. What do you like in this series and how are you kind of attacking this one as get it gets underway later on this evening
3: you know, I think when you look at the series price, it's a little bit rich on Houston. I do think that if you're looking at the series price in a vacuum, Boston is probably the value side, and that's kind of the way that we've seen it get bet out there in the marketplace, where Houston was more in the minus 160 range. Now it's come down a little bit pretty much across most of the market. I still think the Astros win the series, but again, from a line equity standpoint, I think Boston would be the better side to bet. So what I did instead Femi, is I actually took Houston – to win the series four to two or win the series four to three uh four to two it was plus 400 in that similar range for four to three where i think it's a long series i think both teams are, are pretty evenly matched but i just respect that houston offense so much and i know boston's got a good offense too but i think houston's offense is better their bullpen's a little bit better the one concern i do have and this could be why the series price came down is that Lance McCullers Jr. is I was hurt. just going to ask if and, there was any concern that, with that. I think that's a really big concern okay. for Houston because the weakest part of their team all season long, really, has been the starting pitching. It's, it's been the depth-shyest, so to speak. I don't even know if that's a word, but it is now. Shallow. Shallow. There you go. The shallowest <laughs> part of the team here for Houston throughout the season. Uh, not a whole lot of depth. The injury of Justin Verlander hasn't helped and all that. So I did take Houston to win the series 4-2 to or 4-3, to but you know I think that this one could certainly go either way.
1: The NLCS Dodgers Braves right now. The Dodgers are a minus 195 favorite Braves plus 165 game one tomorrow night. We're expecting Max Serger to be on the mound for the Dodgers. Max Fried will be the pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. What do you make of this one? Can the Braves pull it off? Or are we just kind of waiting for the Dodgers to go ahead four or five games and they'll dance off to the World Series? You know, I think game
3: one is really fascinating in this series because you had the Dodgers win that very emotional game, obviously, last night. And they couldn't even really enjoy it too much because then they had to fly out to Atlanta because even though the Dodgers won 106 games, they are on the road because they were the wild card team. So Atlanta gets home field here despite winning, I think, 88 games, so 18 fewer than the Dodgers. <laughs> Game one is really important to me because the one thing we've seen from the Dodgers over this, I guess for lack of a better term, we'll call it a dynasty, at least as far as the National League goes, they've struggled against left-handed pitchers. This year they were better at it. They did fix and improve upon that platoon split but I think Max Fried and the Braves are live in game one. So if you'd like the Dodgers to advance, I'd wait and see what happens after game one. So I actually took a pre-series position on Atlanta, hoping that they win game one, and then I can come back on the Dodgers for the rest of the series in game two, assuming that they do end up with a split before they take things back home. So that's the way that I looked at it, but I think game one is really, really pivotal. And frankly, I think the Braves absolutely positively have to win game one to have a chance to win this series.
1: I love it. When these lines get efficient, you got to be creative with how you attack these things. We have one prop that I wanted to ask you and get your thoughts on. It's the World Series matchup market. And right now, the favorite, of course, is Astros-Dodgers at plus 155. Red Sox-Dodgers is plus 230. Astros-Braves plus 350. Red Sox-Braves plus 4075. Any of those stand out to you? I, I do think that we
3: probably wind up with the Dodgers and the Astros. I do think that the chalk prevails. However, Dodgers-Red Sox at plus 230 on the screen there is, is pretty interesting because I yeah. think Boston is very live in this series. I don't have the same belief that the Braves are as live, and I certainly don't think the Braves are as live as the Giants were in that first round. So Dodgers-Red Sox wouldn't surprise me, although I, I do think the chalk holds up in both
1: series. God, The TV executives are just crossing their fingers for Dodgers-Red Sox, are they not? Oh yeah, Boston-LA, you know, mm-hmm. it's just too marquee franchises but uh that does it for my guys in the desert on this femi friday here from the circuit resort and casino thank you once again to chris andrew stormy Bonatoni and of course thank you to you adam burke joining us in studio appreciate you bud absolutely make sure you head over to the Vsin youtube page and check out femi's previews as well how about that thank <laughs> you love the plug at the end there don't go away danny burke with the rush hour coming up next here on V-Cin, the sports betting network